This is ESPN New York Tonight with Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer on 98.7 ESPN. This is ESPN New York Tonight. Here's Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer. I just don't know what we're going to do. We have so much to talk about. The Knicks lose again. Justin Verlander looks like he's, he gets a king's ransom. 1-800-919-3776. That's the number to join us tonight on ESPN New York Tonight. Brian the Brain, Jake the Snake is with us until midnight. Then it's Freddie and Fitz on 98.7 ESPN. Gordon, I'm disturbed. I'm upset. I'm, I'm, I'm frustrated. Uh, and all those things are fitting uh, after watching what we just watched with the Knicks tonight, Larry. I mean, this is a, a game where you've already lost the Magic this season. This is the third time you're playing them. You're at home where you've struggled, and you'd think, hey, the message has to be sent. And these games that you have, you, you barely hung on against the Pacers. Thank God you were able to win that game. You got the Rockets still to come. Here are three games for the Knicks to get right, and it all went wrong. And this this loss to Orlando was worse than the first loss to Orlando, Gordon, for me. And I'll tell you why. First of all, you in that first loss, you had blown them out. <laughs> so I expected some, you know, some retaliation. Okay? And really in that game, it was uh what's that kid? Terrence Ross, who got who was on fire in the fourth quarter. Okay, that happens. In games, guys get hot, it happens. In this game, Gordon. You turn the ball over 18 times. Like, what are you doing? You turn it over 18 times. The, the, the defense was okay. The rebounding wasn't great. But they just scoring, no scoring up and down. And the 18 points in the third quarter at home? I mean, come on, Gordon. You got to do better than that. You, and you, and here's, here's, the, here's, here's the final piece of it. You're up. <laughs> as bad as you play, you find a way to fight back. And you're up. With five minutes left, and you still give up the lead in your building, it's not good, Gordon. This is this is this is a much worse loss, in my opinion, than the first loss to Orlando. Yeah, uh, well, they're they're all starting to run together at this point. I just saw a tweet a little while ago that the Magic have two wins against the Knicks this year, and they have two wins against the rest of the NBA. They've got four wins on the season. Half of them have come against the Knicks. So, um, I, to me. You know, with the Knicks, it's so hard to, to put your finger on necessarily one thing because it feels like a different thing every single game. There's no consistency, nope. really, outside of the fact that the starters struggle and the bench plays well. To me, tonight, uh, at least, and more and more this year, I'm becoming a little concerned about Julius Randle. Um, tonight, just, I don't know if it's his rhythm with the, the other guys uh, in the starting unit. I don't know if it's regression from last year. But you just take a look tonight, never really never really started to put it together, finished with 13 points, was minus 21 on the night. He's now minus 68 on the season. He is not the same guy. And, you know, for all the changes they've made, I think the Knicks' blueprint is, is still similar to last year. I mean, that Randall is still your, your number one star, and Barrett has to be that second guy. Barrett had some... Some moments, I guess, in the second half after the brutal first half. But for me, I guess the, 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 the struggles of that starting unit, they have to start with Julius Randle getting back to the guy that he was last year. You're 1,000% right, Gordon. And part of it is because he is trying to get everybody involved. Yeah. And get yourself going. <laughs> then once you get going, you'll get everybody involved. It's just it, it's, nobody knows where they fit. Right, Fournier wants to defer. Kemba wants to defer. Randall 
wants to get him going, but he needs to get going first. So that's why that that's why the starters are struggling. And the third quarter continues to be a joke. I mean, they just can't get anything going in the third quarter. You talk about we always talk about the adjustments, right? The NFL adjustments at halftime. At halftime, I know, I know Thibodeau is giving them adjustments, Gordon. I know he is because that's the type of coach he is. Right. And they're just not getting it done, and they don't score. And, it, and we talked about Fournier last night. If if you don't screen for him, he's not taking the three, and he doesn't want to go to the basket. And the other thing, Gordon, some of these threes are not the best shot that you're supposed to be taking from three. Yeah, and that's another thing. It just kind of like didn't it feel like tonight that the offense? It was like they were dribbling around a lot. They yes. were, you know, they were passing the ball here or there, but they never, they never really got anything going in a rhythm. And then, you know, the shot clock would be starting to wind down, and then they just find somebody out for three, and they just chuck it up, right? Like you know, as you're saying, it wasn't the best three point attempt. Uh, and again, tonight it was the guys on the bench that were kind of mm-hmm. carrying the weight. It was it was Burks tonight who was good quickly again. You know, gave you something at least. And, and Toppin, Obi Toppin looked great. And I think I know a lot of people have been been shouting about how he has to play more. Clearly, he has to play more. They gotta they gotta start to figure this out. We're getting close to the twenty game mark. What is it now? Fifteen games. Yeah. And they're one game over five hundred. I get that you don't want to make reactionary moves and this and that, but between Kemba and Fournier, neither of those guys are really giving you a reason for why they should still be starting. And that starting unit, you got to figure it out. And I think the only way you're going to be able to figure it out is to move one of the guys off the bench into that starting unit. You're going to have to do something. And the other thing is, Gordon, you have to figure out who's going to close. And the fourth quarter continues to be fluid. Uh, and, and I think you need to settle down on, on who's this fourth quarter crew going to be. And, and clearly, uh, and you talked about it last night, it, it just jumps out at you that Burke should be moved into the starting rotation right now. You see what he's able to do, especially defensively. Uh, his shot, he's got more confidence. He can handle the ball. It gives you another ball handler too. And, I, you know, I, I was I was watching um, uh, Wally Zerbiak on the post game, and he had some interesting comments about how – Randall and Barrett, if they don't play well, it just throws that whole first, the whole starting unit off. And so that's why it, it's really incumbent upon Randall to get out and, and do what he did last year, Gordon, was to establish that, okay, the ball's going through me. Now, of course, we don't want him handling the ball that much. So the ball going through you does not mean you have to bring the ball up. Right. It just yeah, means that, that that you're moving and there's no movement and people just no. dribble and dribble and they, people are watching and they're going no, no place, right? Yeah, and they go east west instead of yep. north south. There's no cutting. There's no. There's, okay, he's gonna make a move. I wonder what he's gonna do. And then they they do all this stuff behind the three point line. Like we gotta hit a three. So the, every possession almost is like we're down two. We need three to get ahead in this game. It's like every possession is like they're just setting up the three. And it's not till the bench comes in, Gordon, where the tempo is picked up and you see transition and you see fast break and you see athleticism and you see different scoring and you see more energy. And that's why the bench constantly plays better than the starters. Yeah. And like you're saying, you know, Randall and Barrett have to carry it for the for the the starters. I mean, you're not getting it from anybody else, right? Like no. Mitchell Robinson actually scored a bunch of points tonight. He had yeah. 13 points tonight. But Kemba Walker, two of seven, finished with five points. Fournier had five points. I mean, what what are you getting out of those two guys? It almost is like they're getting worse. Yeah. 
rather than like kind of like figuring it out and, 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 and something clicking all of a sudden, I mean, it almost feels like it's getting worse. So uh, they got, they got to figure it out. They get Houston up next. You would like to think that that's a, a, a gimme, but with these Knicks, it's kind of hard to know really what to expect on a night in night out basis. The only thing you can know you ex- can expect is the starter struggle and the bench comes and picks it up. But the problem with that is, at some point, the bench is going to kind of run out of gas. I mean, like, how many yeah. times do we got to save you guys from from the holes that you guys dig for us, you know? Yeah, and that's the interesting thing that I know that Tibbs is really battling with is the bench gets you back into the game, Gordon. So do you ride them knowing that they will get fatigued or do you bring back a couple of the starters? So what he did tonight was he brought in Randall once Robinson got hurt with his hip. And he brought back Barrett, but but it's like they didn't get the ball. You know what I'm saying, Gordon? Like yeah. like they, they weren't involved in the offense, so you brought them back, but you couldn't get them back into the flow of the game, and so they ended up just like being almost decoys. So that's where. And I was listening to Tibbs in the, in the post game, and he said, "Well, we got to work on it." You know what that means, Gordon. It's yeah. going to be a long <laughs> practice tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. I, you know, I do kind of wonder, uh, look, Randall has struggled. Um, yes. I, I wonder how much of that, like, it seems like he sits for the third quarter an awful lot. And it almost feels like, you know, between halftime and sitting and then not getting back in the game, you know, he, he doesn't really feel like he has his rhythm. It never really feels like he's in the flow of it. It, it feels like he's almost like searching for it or forcing it a lot. And um, that's something I think that has to be figured out as well. Because, look, if Randall and Barrett aren't like one and two in some form, this next team is going to struggle. I mean, it's, there's just no other way around it. Those guys have to carry the load. and They're not, not, they're not really doing that right now. You're right. And what's happening with uh, – here's what's happening with Randall. Toppin's getting better. Yeah. And so he's, oh, yeah. You, you can't pull him off the floor because he's doing positive things. He's doing what you ask of him. He's rebounding. He's getting easy baskets. He's showing you, you know, his defense is improving. Uh, the, the only downside tonight, I was telling uh, Snake that, uh, you know, he hit two threes. I'm like, oh, I don't want him to fall in love with the three right. again because I love him going to the basket. But it was good to see that that he's obviously been working on this three and, and it's starting to go in. So that all that does is, Gordon, all that does is make his drives that much better because now you have to come out on him. Absolutely. And then he could put the ball on the deck and go to the basket. Yep. He's not a decoy out there anymore. And, and his energy, you just, oh. I mean, the, the garden feeds off it. The other players feed off of it. So, uh, yeah, he's a guy that, I mean, he's playing 15, 18 minutes a night. He, I, clearly, that's an area where they have to figure out a way, even if it is Randall and Toppin on the floor to get. I know you don't really have mm-hmm. a rim protector in that way, but you got to figure out a way to make it work. Yeah. And, you know, quickly – uh, gave you something, like you say, gave you something. Twenty-four minutes something. need to get some more points out of him than normal, right. but he had seven assists, so he was he was more of a uh, more of a passing mode tonight. So that's a good thing. The energy from these young guys, Rose didn't shoot that well tonight, but no, the energy Rose had from a bit this of a bench yeah. has, has been just tremendous, Gordon. It really has. It really yeah, has. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's what's saving them. Uh, yeah, and absolutely. look, I think that's kind of by design. They know that they don't have the top-flight talent of other team starters, so they have to make up for it in other ways with a strong bench, and their bench usually beats the other team's bench. I don't know that it was that much of a, of a factor tonight. Toppin was good. Burks was good, but, uh, you know, as you mentioned, Rose had a bit of a rough night tonight and quickly didn't really score the ball. But to me, look, it all comes down to the starters. They yep. got to figure out a way. They got to figure out the starting lineup and, and figure out a way for it to be more productive. 1 800 919 3776. Also via Twitter at Hardest to ESPN at Gordon Damer at ESPN NY 98 underscore 7 FM. We'll get your thoughts about the Knicks later in the show.
Gordon, what did the Jets do? Larry, I was going to ask you that. If you're looking for me for answers, I, please. Well, you, I well, well, listen, it's it's your defense. It's it's just, oh, yeah. it's just vaunted Miami <laughs> defense that's causing a change right. of quarterback. So that's oh, why yes. I think I talked to you. Ripples throughout the league, Larry. It's great defense. Oh, my God. Wait until people see this defense. Wait until they see it. Uh, we'll talk hoops with you next on 98.7 ESPN. ESPN New York tonight. On 98.7 ESPN. Mm. Augustine Damon till midnight. Let's go to the phones, Gordon. 1-800-919-3776. Sean is in Union. He's batting leadoff on ESPN New York tonight. Hey, Sean. Hey, guys. Appreciate the leadoff. Uh, been a Knicks fan all my life. I was actually at the game. I got a full analysis for you guys. How you guys doing? Good. What's going on, Sean? Listen, this game, this loss was Pip's fault, and here's the reason why. His in-game management stinks, and we all know this, but now it's really coming to fruition, right? The, the, and you guys are spot on, you know, with Fournier. You know, it's like, look, we shot, we went 16 of 49 from three. If you look at the Golden State Warriors, they have not shot 49 threes all season. How are, we, how are we shooting this many threes as a Knicks team? We're not using Mr. Robinson in the post. We're not using Obi in the post, right? You guys are spot on. Obi's, you know, showing out now, right? We got to fix this now or else it's going to be a really long season. What's your take? All right, Sean, thanks for the phone call. First of all, they never use Mr. Robinson in the post no, no. unless it's on the lob. And, you know, he – and really, Gordon, that's on him because he should have – in his spare time, kind of developed some low post moves where in the event that you have a spot, even even if he, at his size, he should command a double team, all right? Even if he has one or two moves, I'm not asking him to spin down there. I know that this area of the big man in the painted area is, you know, it's, it's a throwback. But for a guy like him who doesn't really shoot the three, thank God, uh, at least if you went the ball through to him, he would command the double team. Somebody would drop off, and it would at least give you maybe somebody open to to shoot the three. So uh, they don't use him a lot. Uh, it, it's really as much as you talk about in game. It's really what they was really what's going on with these starters at the beginning of the game and the beginning of the third quarter. Gordon, that that's where the biggest issues are. Yeah, and then that final four or five minutes. You know, Knicks had a lead with about five or six minutes to go, and then the Magic go on that 13-4 run, which maybe not surprisingly happened when Randall got back in the game. Um, yeah. So, yeah, they got a lot of things to figure out, but it, it primarily focuses on what's the starting unit's issues here and how do we get them straightened away and how do you do that with the, the, the personnel that you have. Uh, that's the only way you can do it. That's right. Spike is in St. Pete. He's next on 98.7. What's up, Spike? Well, let me first of all say it's it's great to talk to my friends. And, and this is my want at the two-minute mark. Or they happen, I think, take a time out at the two-minute mark. Uh, I get the call or the text from my beaver buddy, the CCNY guy. Mm-hmm. He says, are you seeing what I'm seeing? I said, absolutely. I haven't scored a point for about three minutes. I'm close. And... Uh, and we said it in unison, you know, <laughs> you get to know someone so well for all your life, like 70 years. And we both said there's no rhythm out there. What the hell is he putting Randall back in for? It's 15 games, I'm guessing, right? Eight, seven. 
Yeah, Aiden's at Don't 50 you think? But okay. Don't you think by this time? I'm not knocking Thibodeau. He's, he's figuring this out during live games. But when I hear two minutes and he takes the time out and I go, you got to put the right guys out here. Now, you haven't scored a bucket or a free throw, which the free throws, they, they didn't deserve to get them. The rebound, all the stats are about right except the turnovers. So we know what happened. There's no rhythm in this closing unit. None. And the previous caller, pardon me for forgetting his name, but he said they took 49 threes. I would have guessed facts. I would have guessed 45 to 50 with my eyeball. Larry, Gordon, you guys know this. You guys know this. You have your best five players. I don't want to hear. He's home again, Larry. I always told you forever the same thing. I'll repeat it for those who drift in and out of this thing. Toughest thing to do is beat an inferior team on your home court in a close game. Mm -hmm. And they haven't been able to do it. It was the rhythm of the unit. It was it was uh, Burks, and then he went quickly with Rose, and then he had uh, he had Taj out there the other night, and whatever. And he kept Barrett out there. Look, Barrett is more valuable as a defender, okay, and a rebounder than he is as a scorer. Randall, I don't know what's going on, Gordon. That's a great point. I don't know what fatigue coverage. But don't you agree with me? And thanks for the time, and uh, I'll listen to the program. I'm not angry. I'm disappointed because. Keen eyes. I feel I have a keen eye. I know you two guys have keen eyes. My CCNY guy has a keen eye. That's enough for me. And all the other people you know, we all know together. You have to get into a closing rhythm. Am I wrong? Yeah, you're, you're right, Spike. Thanks for the phone call, my friend. And, and once again, that's what Gordon and I said. He's got to figure out who's going to be the best guys to close. Now, his problem is you would want to recycle, Gordon, your starting five back right. into the final five minutes of the game. The problem is he he doesn't trust them defensively, A, and B, he doesn't trust that they're going to score enough to, to, to make up for their mistakes that they make defensively. So, so what he's ended up doing is he's stretching his bench, and I'm thinking the bench is wearing down a little bit because they're playing. First of all, they're playing a lot of minutes, and they're playing minutes – because they're exerting a lot of energy because they're trying to catch up and pass a team. Mm -hmm. yeah. So you've got so you've got two things going against them. Eventually they're gonna wear out. And what he's been doing is it's almost like, okay, you guys don't deserve to be on the floor, so I'm sticking with the bench. But he eventually is gonna to have to cycle them back in because the bench is wearing down. Yeah, and it's I, you know you're saying about trust. He's right not to trust them. They've been terrible. I mean, I mean like you know between the two big additions, they've been bad. And I, I don't. It's almost like if I if they can't play well enough to keep me in the game at the beginning of the game, how could I ever go back to them at the end of the game in crunch minutes? Now you have to play them at some point because you can't burn out everybody else. And you know they're not playing that many guys. Are they playing ten guys at most? Yeah. So um, yeah, I mean they they um, they got to find some answers, and there's not a lot of avenues that they can go down no that's for sure uh let's go to lee in brooklyn lee you're next on 98.7 hey, he's lee. not a goat you know he's not that guy oh. all right lee i thought i was that guy uh buddha's in the bronx he's next on 98.7 what's up buddha what's up man you're clearly not that guy fam that's for sure <laughs> <laughs> i'm sorry i'm sorry i love this show man there's always something good going on <laughs> you know, you know, sir, man, I was going to talk to you guys about, you know, the Jets and how they bottomed out. And, and to be honest with you, now it's on the table whether Caesar Salah even makes it past this season, especially with the dynamic duo of Rex Ryan, you know, and Mike Greenberg trying to get him fired. <laughs> but that's overkill. 
you know, um, I, I'm just listening to y'all dissect this Knicks situation. And, you know, me included, you know, especially with somebody talking to me about the Jets and the Sixers, your evaluation a lot of times is more clear and less passionate than mine is. You know, I'm just looking at this thing from the outside looking in. Um, you know, you guys talk about this and that and the bench and this player and that player. Like, it's a really um, simple problem that's going on with the Knicks. And to be honest with you, it's the coach. Now, if we're going to extol the virtues of all he did last year with the culture change and everything like that, you know, then we got to admonish him for what's going on this year. I mean, there's a couple of things, man. You know, first thing is, um, you know, the same game plan doesn't work in life from year to year. So the way you coached the team last year needed to change a little bit this year. You know, second, and Gordon, you had referred to this. He's like a lot of people want to hop in the play. I mean, I've been at the head of that class, man. I mean, First of all, there was a lottery pick. That's number one. This is not the NFL, like, you know, where you get drafted as a linebacker and you've got, like, two or three years. Of... Listen, you've got to be on the court. This dude is the best athlete you got on your team. You understand what I'm saying? You don't have athletes on the team. He's got to be on the court. And the most telling thing was today he scored 14 points and that matched his career high. Are you smoking? 14 points? I mean, dudes do that in their sleep right now. You know, that's bad management of young talent. You know, but to show that he can evolve, you know, to show that Tibbs can evolve, it's not even necessarily so important for just the team as presently constituted. What you're trying to do is bring somebody in here, either via trade or free agency, that can take you from being, you know, middle of the road to upper echelon. And if you're going to have this archaic way of coaching, even the offensive style and system is archaic if you really pay attention to it. You're going to be hard-pressed to get a star, much less a superstar, and that's the issue. Well, it's, it's an interesting point, Booth, and thanks for the phone call. And, and I do think that these are players who are in transition. Right, Gordon, these are guys who, you know, you're really kind of showcasing them because if you get the right deal, I don't think anybody's untouchable on no. here. Maybe Randall, quote-unquote, might be untouchable, but I, I just think that, that you know, what they're looking at is, okay, let's see how far we can go with these guys. We made this adjustment. We'll wait and see what Tibbs is able to do with this adjustment, and then we'll reevaluate it. And if a, if a big name comes over here, Gordon, they will pull the trigger. And just to get back to the Toppin thing, Toppin played 20 minutes or more the first two games of the season. One was obviously the double overtime game against Boston. He has played only more than 20 minutes, only one other game this year. And and that's why he doesn't score. We'll continue the conversation next. You're listening to ESPN New York tonight on 98.7 ESPN. My bad habits lead to This is ESPN New York tonight. Here's Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer. Talking to you at 1-800-919-3776. Also hit us up on Twitter at Hardesty ESPN at Gordon Damer at ESPN NY 98 underscore 7 FM. Gordon, before we get back to the phones, another uh, comment on what Buddha was saying. Yeah, I agree. You do need to change your style of play because you have guys who can score. But I think, Gordon, more and more when you look at the NBA – very few guys are calling plays. You know what I mean? Maybe in yeah. certain situations, obviously maybe after a uh, yeah, timeout or something of that nature. But really, 
coaches really are trying to get people to push the ball up and down the floor. So that's why I really think that that's that, you know, um, it's not as much on the play calling as you would think. Because they just uh, – players don't listen to what coaches do anymore. No. Um, <laughs> they really don't. But, like, we, we can go through all the different things, and I'm sure people will bring up some that, you know, are a little bit <laughs> a little bit out there. But at the end of the day, if the Knicks can't figure out a way to get Randall back to playing like he played last year and for Barrett to be more consistent like he was earlier this season – there's not there's not too many paths to victory at that point, right? Like yeah. if those two guys are not going to carry the bulk of the load, and and you get those guys going consistently night in night out, all the other stuff is just window dressing to me. You're right. Back to the phones we go. Lee is in Brooklyn. Lee, you're next on ninety eight seven. Sorry about that, guys. Enjoying the show very much. Thank you very much. Hey, Larry, you hit it right on the head when you talked about um the evaluation of how things are. See how these guys do. Because, like I said before, they're good players on um, on the Knicks. I don't think there's like a Patrick Ewing or somebody of that status, even though they try to label Randall as an all-star, which he is an all-star, probably an all-star player. They're good players. These guys have worked hard all of their careers. They basically uh, got to the point where they could get into the NBA, and now they have the opportunity to be able to uh, play and showcase their talent. Maybe they could be put on teams in the future that basically go to the <clears throat> the finals. So I basically I want to ask you guys, what do you think of um, the fact that changing the lineups or getting a new coach, I don't think it's anything to do with that. I just think that, you know, that over time they'll go to the playoffs, but I don't think that they have championship team. Well, Lee, we agree with you. <laughs> they're not <laughs> yeah. championship yeah. team. They're not really, nope. not really anything to argue with there, no. No, they're not championship team, and we've discussed some of the things they could do about changing the lineup. But here's the other thing, Gordon, and it's clear. It's – there's no – and he's right. They have a lot of very good players. They don't have an elite talent no. on that roster. No, okay? they don't. And no, so that's when you have that elite talent, that takes you to that next step. What they can do is they just need to get their number one guy, or as Clyde calls him, the chief rocker, he, they need to get Julius Randle back to what Julius Randle does, right, Gordon, which is get the ball, turn around, hit his shot, and then look to get other people involved. Now, I will say this, and this is why I thought when they got a point guard, this would help alleviate that situation. And Kimball Walker, we understand he, he's, he's really, he can handle the point. He can play off the ball. He's more of a shooter than a point guard. But I needed somebody that's going to direct the traffic. You know what I mean, Gordon? And mm-hmm. and Kimba hasn't done that. Nope. So so you need somebody here. To, okay, you go over there. You go over there. We'll run this. And and then you you've got that movement. You can get people in motion. And that's what they don't have. And it's like the situation where we talked about with quickly earlier this year. Like yes, he's struggling, and it's tough to get minutes when you're struggling. But you're not going to come out of it unless you're getting minutes. So it's kind of a conundrum. So like he played what was it twenty minutes tonight? Yeah, whatever it was. Um, quickly played yeah. twenty four. 24. Okay. Mm-hmm. I mean, he, he's not going to he's not going to go back to him late in the game in crunch time clearly when he's struggling as great as he is. Yeah. And it's going to be until he starts to show reasons for why he should play more minutes, he's not going to play those minutes. And and once again, it puts Thibodeau in the tough spot, Gordon, because really what you would want to do is have a pretty good rotation so your final five minutes, no matter what happens during the game, your final five minutes, mm-hmm. you should end up with the right people you want. And then by playing them consistently in that spot, they learn to 
chemistry, they learn to get chemistry with each other. But they're not producing, right. so you can't really yeah. put them it's in tough. that spot. Yeah. So Absolutely. he's in a tough spot now. He really is. Yeah, it's difficult. It's difficult. And and look, uh, you know, Lee's point that the, the Knicks don't have uh, a Patrick Ewing. We would agree with that as well. They do yeah. not have a Patrick Ewing. You know, they have some. They have some nice players. And when all's going right, they have a nice group. And we're hoping that uh, it, it gets better than this. That they're not just simply going to be a 500 team the whole season. We're hoping that Randall can get back and that 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 Barrett can get back to how he's playing earlier this year. But. You know, you start from zero every year, and we said it at the start of this season. There's probably going to be some growing pains, and that's what you're seeing right now. And if you had an elite player on this team, those other guys would look a whole lot better. Right. <laughs> bing bong, Larry. Bing bong. <laughs> no, not much bing, a lot of bong no, lately, yeah, Gordon. Lot, yeah, yeah. I think people need to be hitting the bong these days with the way they're playing. <laughs> maybe they have been. Yeah, maybe. You never know. Friends of Massapequa. Hey, Fran, you're next on 98.7. What's up, fellas? How you doing tonight? Hey, Fran, what's going on? All right, we're going to go with the Knicks. You ready? Go. Do it. All right, this is the bottom line. They don't have a superstar, and I know it's hard to get one, but the bottom line is you guys just said it. If they bring a superstar in to alleviate the pressure, guys can just be themselves and they don't have to carry the squad. They have to. This year you want to, you know, you want to, you know, do your best this year. But within this year or within this year or the summer, they have got no matter what they got to do, they have got to bring in an elite player. It's not going to work unless they do. Last year they were good. You know what I mean? It was great. We were happy because we sucked this so long. But the bottom line is this: you look at these other teams now, man. They, they, they look at Chicago stacked up. They got the Roses. They got Lonzo Ball. Two guys that we could have definitely used. You look at Miami. They got friggin' Lowry who's going to help them tremendously. We need a guy who's fearless, like a Lowry, who could score at any time, or like a DeRozan who could put up 38. We need somebody. Randall's a really, 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 really good player. No doubt about it. But he's not going to carry the squad. He needs somebody. We need some. We have got to get an elite player. I don't care who it is. I don't care how they get him, where they get him. But until we get an elite player, to, to help this team and maybe another point guard that, that, that can play 40, 35 minutes. We're in a lot of trouble. Thanks, boys. All right, Fran. Thanks for the phone call. Uh, Gordon, I understand what he's saying, but I don't know that the Knicks are in that much of a rush. Does that make sense? Uh, I know they're in a rush because of Thibodeau, but I don't know that they're in a the rush to say, okay, we listen, we got to get a superstar in here right now. Let's, that's what we're going to do. We got to get them in here so for year three because that, you know, that's the way it is. That, that's what I, I don't know that they're like that because I do think that they want to make the right move. You know what I mean? And yeah. when you when you start pushing panic buttons, I don't know that you always make the right move in that situation. The worst thing they could do is make a big move for a guy who they can kind of envision in a way can be a superstar but is not really a superstar. Uh, look, I think the biggest problem is that there's not one of those guys available right now. Like if there was mm -hmm. a true superstar that was available and the Knicks had the pieces – I don't think that their uh, their desire to get that done would hold them back. Uh, mm -hmm. I think that they want to be able to go out and make that move, but it has to be able to – the guy has to exist. <laughs> yeah. He has to be yeah. available, and, and at least so far, I don't think that that is – I think that when there's a guy that is available, I think the Knicks will jump fairly quickly. But it has to be a guy who's actually somebody who's going to – 
not just move the needle of like what we think is a superstar, but he's going to have to be able to be the guy that you're going to build this thing around because that's the right. Like that's the move, right? Like so yeah. far for all the things that the Knicks have done, we've liked what they've done and they're building something. The true story of this regime, we don't know it yet. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like we don't know, like if they're going to ever take that step where they're a perennial playoff team and they're, you know, top three in the East Eastern conference finals kind of team. There's a lot of changes that they're going to have to go through this roster, but that's a few steps down the road. I'm just trying to watch a product where I know what I'm going to get on a week, you know, a night in, night out basis. You and Tom Thibodeau as well. Yeah, yeah no. <laughs> he's looking for it more than you. <laughs> I bet. Yeah. Oh yeah. Nice. Still good, Larry. Oh, still it really works. Is good, isn't it? Oh, it's outstanding. Hey, College Hoops returns to the Barclays Center this Thanksgiving week. The UPSI NIT season tip-off is highlighted by 12th-ranked Memphis, led by former NBA All-Star Penny Hardaway. The Tigers will play Virginia Tech in the semifinals on Wednesday, November 24th, while Xavier will match up against Iowa State. Two more games to follow on Friday, November 26th, and a champion will be crowned. Be the first caller right now, 888-987-ESPN. That's 888-987-ESPN. ESPN to score a four-pack of tickets brought to you by the Upsy NIT season tip-off. Tickets start at just $29 per day for a pair of back-to-back games. Get tickets at geek.com slash Barclay Center. Remember, that's seatgeek.com slash Barclay Center or NIT season tipoff.com. Hardesty and Damer on 98.7 ESPN, 1-800-919-3776. Back to the phones we go. Omar is in Brooklyn. He's next on 98.7. Hey, O. Uh, how are you guys doing? Omar, Listen, you're you're uh, supposed to be like the radio version of Obi Toppin. You're supposed to be bringing the energy. You're supposed to be bringing the you know the juice. What's going on, buddy? Yeah, the energy and the juice is gone as the Knicks deflating losses. You know, like uh, here we are and now. You know, I like Thibodeau, but I don't like him that I like uh, McDermott too much of it. And there are holes that uh, I have some doubts about Thibodeau. The second year with Minnesota, he struggles. He makes the playoff first year. And then two years, it was a, uh, is it going towards that road? Or is he going to survive with that? And then he's going to pick it up. I like his coaching style. Uh, Tough nose, but uh, uh, now he has been very, very, uh, you know, they call that like, he has changed his game plan. Do you think that vigor and that uh, uh, that desire and that anger that makes him what Thibodeau is? Because last year, everything was Thibodeau. Now you have a little bit of players, their egos. And and, and stop talking about Julius Render from last year. I'm okay. Julius, the last year is gone. This is 15 games already, 8 and 7. I'm talking about this year. Julius Render is not Julius Render. He's getting money, starts criticizing him last three and a half minutes. Mitchell Roberts gets an offensive rebound, a diving uh, a layup, a, a loose ball. Uh, they make a three out of it. Uh, Topper was playing with Mitchell Robinson. They break in Julius Sandel. He didn't give you a basket. He didn't give you a basket in the last three and a half minutes. And then he plays defense uh, in a pick and roll that he does not have a height and he doesn't jump for a block shot that uh, Anthony hit a layup on that uh, pick and roll thing. So uh, there are weaknesses. In Julius Randle game, what is his strength? He was scoring very good. He's not even scoring that good right now. So what is he good in? He's not good in defense. He's not good in rebounds. He doesn't jump. 
all he does is turn over basically and then he uh, when he gets angry he gets into a, a offensive foul mode uh, with the other player and then he uh, uh, shakes his head that he, he didn't do anything i'm tired of this act from him right 87 and somebody Thibodeau or the coach has to tell Julius Randle listen we need you and that's it we are not going to uh, tolerate this we are paying you good enough money we are giving you the ball in your hand you have to do something about it Secondly, all of them are oh my Julius. That was only number one. Uh, I, 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 love I, I was about to speak. <laughs> I, 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 I love R.J. Barrett. I love R.J. Barrett. But, oh, come on. When you are going to say you have greatness in him and then you choke for last six games, almost four or five things, you cannot even buy a layup. Come on, R.J. Barrett. So hold it to yourself before you have 10 or 15, 20 games. Again, a good. And then you tell them that you have greatness in him. Not on five games. You have that five, six game burst last year too. I expect more from you, RJ Barrett. I do, and I love him. I I want RJ Barrett in my team every day, every night. The way he works hard, he does not have a lapse or defensively. At least I can give you that. And AJ Burke, he hits two, three good three pointers, right? But every time people say oh, he brings you energy uh, offensively, but there was two, three pointers that Serge he 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 he's lost where he's managed. So he gives up. He makes three pointers. He gives up right away. Nobody talks about that. I want a three pointer. Somebody shoot and then plays his defense on his man. Listen, eight and seven. This is not a loss that you should cover. Uh, this is a terrible loss. Two games at all. Orlando Magic. And tell me a superstar that is going to come here and make this team a wonder. Take out Kevin Durant. Who is? Lillard is not even making uh, Portland girl good. So who who is the superstar that is good? Lakers, a bunch of superstar there. Eight, eight, eight. Well, who who is the superstar that is going to come and save this team? Well, Omar, that's why Gordon said, and 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 thanks for breathing and letting us in. Thanks oh for the God. call. I thought the call. I thought the show was over. I thought <laughs> Omar was just going to take it up to Freddie and Fitz. <laughs> that's why Gordon said, Omar, that. That person doesn't exist. He just right. said that. He right. just said it. <laughs> I mean, like, I love when people are like, you know, like they always say this in like baseball. You know what the Yankees need? They need to get their their the like a like a Paul O'Neill type. Well, who would that be? Like, who? Where do you see that guy existing right now? So, look, I, I, at the course of this season, this is a very long season. We're going to be going until the springtime, right? Like, it's just yeah. started to get cold. Basketball is going to be going the whole time: the fall, the winter, the spring. At some point, one of these guys is going to shake free, and it's just a question of whether or not the the Knicks a want that guy and feel like okay, this is this is the guy that we're going to build this thing around. B whether or not they have the, enough pieces to get that guy, and C whether or not the two teams can make a trade. I, the Knicks' desire to go out and get a superstar—I don't think that that's the stumbling block. <laughs> no, I can say no. that right now. They they would love to be able to go and get that guy, and eventually, I think they will, but. Uh, that that's not right. Like that's not that's like ten. That's like well, like if your kids are five and six, worrying about where they're going to go to college, right? Like mm-hmm. I mean, you got to mm-hmm. worry about the right now here. You know, like let's yeah. start reading and writing first before we worry about that. Yeah, and they have time for this group to get together. Yeah, absolutely. Like like this group, because Gordon, it's okay. It's clear they're not as good as the five and one start, and they're not as bad as how they're playing now. They're somewhere in the middle. Mm-hmm. All right, and somewhere in the middle would be an upgrade over over last year somewhere in the middle the question is when do we get to that team that's somewhere in the middle 
And, you know, that that's what the coaching staff has got to figure out. Yeah. It hasn't been through the first 15 games. We know that much. No. Not at all. Not at all. Uh, Dante's in Queens. He's next on 98.7. Hey, Dante. Hey, guys. Thanks for taking my call. Dante. Dante. Long time. I know. It's, it's, it's been a while. Um, mm-hmm. Just a couple of um, quick assessments of the team. First, as far as defense, you cannot afford to keep starting Kimba and Fournier. You, you got to bench one of them it, 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 because you're putting so much pressure on your defense. You got two guys that can't guard their own shadow, and people are wondering why the defense is taking a step back because everybody got to scramble because these guys are like allergic to defense. Fournier is looking like a bust. I'm hoping when December 15th comes, we can get something of value for him because he utterly sucks. He's looking like the new Charles Smith, you know? And I feel like um, um, what's the guy? Deuce needs to be groomed to, to get minutes. Kimba is basically a shell of himself, you know? And, and Grimes, is a, he, you know, he's a good defender. He's hungry. I feel like when Fournier has these type of games, Tibbs needs to send a message and put Grimes in. Now, Burks played decent, but he's another one that's been disappointing so far this year. This team needs a shot in the arm. I understand, you know, superstar trades don't just fall from trees, but you need to you need to get our rookies. Um, I'm not worried about Randall. Randall will be fine, but what I'll say about that, when Randall and RJ struggle, it's hard for this team to win. Even with the new additions, these guys need to take it upon themselves or the coaches draw more plays up for them and get them going. Because, when you know, this is embarrassing. We're, we're like another two losses to inferior teams like this by being the laughing stock of the league again, you know? All A right, team Dante, that has four wins and two of them are from you. It's pathetic. Yeah. Yeah. No. <laughs> Like, I'd like to disagree with home. anything he said, but, I mean, how can you disagree? Yeah, he's right on point. He's yeah. right on point. Thanks for the call, Dante. He's right on point. The only thing I would say is, if I'm Charles Smith, I'm a little upset. <laughs> 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 to say there's another bust like Charles Smith. You know, because at, at least he gave you more consistent scoring than what Evan Fournier has given you. Yeah, That's Evan, for sure. Yeah. I mean, that – you know, like when they got him and and they brought in Kemba for the price of, of Ball, you know, you're like, well, we got two guys for the price that they spent on that one guy, and, and now you're starting to maybe think uh, the other way uh, because Fournier has not been it. And, and look, I, I don't really expect Fournier to be one of the guys I really count on. Right, right. But he is not – I mean, outside of that opening night, that opening night, boy, that was like fool's gold. You thought, yeah. oh, my God, this guy's nailing threes. How do we get this? It's almost like that scene in Major League where they have Serrano and he's just murdering fastballs. <laughs> uh, how do we ever get this guy? All right, that's enough of the fastballs. Throw him the curve. Shoom! You know, he's just swinging right through it. So, yeah, it's been, it's been rough since that opening night. Julius Randle was asked about his performance so far this season. Gordon, let's listen to what he had to say. Yeah, it hadn't been great. It hasn't it hasn't been great. Um, but, you know, like I said, a lot of this stuff is rhythm, uh, trying to find each other out. I think it's been exactly how the season has went. Like, there's been good days and there's been not great days. Um, and that's, that's pretty much who we are right now. You know, we're not a consistent team, consistent basketball team yet. Uh, but we'll get there. All right, that's Julius Randle. So, 
You always wonder. It's all about accountability, Gordon. So who does uh, Coach Tom Thibodeau blame for tonight's loss? You have to play for 48 minutes. You know, you, you can't let your guard down. And, you know, unfortunately, we beat ourselves tonight. With, you know, our turnovers hurt us. The second shot hurt us, you know. And so we're capable of playing a lot better than we did. We give them credit. They played well. They played hard. We didn't. So um, I have to do a better job getting them ready. That's on me. So we'll take a good hard look at it. But it's easy. It's not. It's, it's easy to analyze because you look at it and it, it tells you, like we know our defense was better, but the rebounding wasn't good, the turnovers. When you give teams a second and third crack at it, it's, going, it's hard to win. And we put them in the open floor off our turnovers. You know, that's, you know, Usually we take care of the ball. We're a low turnover team. Tonight we weren't, and it cost us. You heard what he had to say, Gordon. We'll work on it. Four-hour practice tomorrow. At least it's not Aaron Boone, right? It's not like, well, you know, I liked what some of the guys were doing. You know, I like some of the shots they were taking. No. You know, uh-huh. we'll get them together. We'll get together with this guy's nickname and that guy's nickname. Yeah, no. No, no. He's not a nickname guy. <laughs> <laughs> I don't get that sense. Yeah, I don't get that sense. If it is, it ain't good. It won't be a Julie good nickname. Julie and uh, – No, no. RJJ no. or so you know Barry. No IQ. He's not no. gonna say IQ. No, he's not gonna say IQ. The only thing he does is yell first names. If you turn up, <laughs> if you turn up your TV, Obi, Obi, Obi. That's all he does all the time. He loves Obi Toppin's name. Corey's in Queens. Hey Corey, you're next on 98.7. Hey Larry. Hey Gordon. What's up, man? Hey Corey. What's going on, man? Check it out. Um, my name is Corey. I'm from Queens, Hollis, Queens, and I happen to be one of Stephen A. Smith's nephews. And I'm here to say that I think Gordon Damer is the best guy on ESPN, hands down, bar none. Corey, God bless you, my friend. Uh, I don't know if we've ever met, but when uh, if and when we do, I got a little uh, little something for you from the old promo code fund. You know, thank you very much, my friend. <laughs> Gordon, we rock with you in Queens. I love um, you. I used to listen to you. I used to listen to you when I used to have to go to Westchester County at six a.m. on brutal mornings, and I loved it when you used to do. At the end of your show, you would quote a rap lyric. And I was late to work to hear what your <laughs> rap lyric of the day would be, and I missed that, bro. Yes, my deep, my, Queens, my, my deep and uh, very uh, knowledgeable rap lyrics. I, I was big nice. on that, Corey. That was good. Yeah, I appreciate that, man. I appreciate that. You got anything else? Yo, much love, Corey. I no, pre- I, that's all I wanted to do, man. Oh, well, look. Who could who could say no to that? Who can say no to love, Larry? You know, li- oh. this is what I do, Larry. I bring I people together. Yes, you do. I'm yes, all about do. it. And listen, I, I I know Gordon is good. <laughs> I have the pleasure of working with him every night. I know he's good. Corey. Wow, right you back are at you. Speaking you know, to the choir. As, my as much as Corey loves me, I love you. It's like a circle of love. You know, that's what it's about. <laughs> it is indeed. It is indeed. Unfortunately, the Knicks are not finding the circle of love right now. No, they're not. They're not giving any love, and they're not getting any love right now. They are struggling. Yeah, and and we need them because what's going on in Florham Park, Larry? Oh. This is ESPN New York tonight with Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer on ninety eight point seven ESPN.